One of the things we're doing now at Life Spring Bible Church, it was brought to my attention that we have so many broadcasts out there on the air now that people are having trouble keeping up with what's the date of that broadcast. Am I behind? Am I catching up or whatever? So for this particular broadcast, it's Sunday morning. It is November the 22nd. It's Sunday. Amen. And yes, the scene behind me is real. Can you say amen? Isn't that pretty? I'll just recognize that and get it over with. Well, I'm afraid that one day a moose will walk by and everybody will jump up and run to the window and I'll mistake it for a great move of God, you know. <laughs> I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, that's where we're, uh, we're residing for a little while. We uh, started covering some messages on Christmas characters of the Bible. Last week, can you remember who the main character was? Zachariah. And why was that? Because he was mentioned early on in the chapter. And then in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it picks up with our next character. That's the order. Someone was asking me, what are we, who are we going to cover next week? We're trying to do it in the order of the Bible. How's that sound? I think it sounds good. Christmas characters, message two, and our subject for the week is Mary. Now watch with me. We're going to look at scripture verses pertaining to Mary, but there's a story that I'm going to tell you in conjunction with Mary's story. It's kind of a dangerous comparison because we, we kind of have a tendency to take Mary and put her on an extremely high pedestal, don't we? I mean, after all, she did give birth to Jesus Christ into this world, right? And, but do you understand that it was the mission that God gave Mary that made Mary special? Mary was chosen by God because of His grace. Just like He saves us is by His grace. And God's choice of Mary is what made her special. Mary was chosen by the grace of God. And when you got saved, you were made special because you were saved by the grace of God. you got to follow with me here a little bit. The story that I'm going to give you in conjunction with Mary seems so mediocre. It seems so light compared to Mary because there's a lot of great things about her story. But try to follow along with me because I'm telling you that Mary and the God that I'm going to share with you his story they aren't the only two people that God's ever come to and tried to give them a job to do. That's just two stories I'm going to give you about two people, just like last week, because Zechariah wouldn't shut up, wouldn't stop saying the wrong things. What did the angel do? Took his ability from him to speak, right? One thing I love about Mary is she, she's a little troubled by the message. That's what we're going to read in the Word. And she's told by Gabriel, just like Zechariah was, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But Mary, when you look at her life, remember this. She hid things in her heart. Sometimes it's better to hide things in your heart than to say the wrong things about what God's telling you. All right, we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. 
But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, man, this is so important. Listen to her response. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me, or let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. By the way of an introduction, I want to talk to you about a guy that I'm going to call Dave Richards today. His real name is not important. It's not me. I'll make that clear. It's not me. We're going to call this guy Dave Richards. Dave Richards was raised in a strong Christian home. When sharing his testimony with others, he sometimes referred to himself as a lifer. How many of you in the military remember that word, a lifer? Somebody going to be in the military all their life until they retire, right? You see, Dave decided to trust in God when he was eight years old, making him a lifer. Amen? Dave's family was always in church. His parents were involved in different ministries in the church, from leadership positions to missions to children's ministry. The youth ministry in his church was very strong, and Dave needed this ministry in his life while he attended a local public high school. This group was very active, and they spent countless hours hanging out with one another. As Dave and his friends neared graduation, life started to get serious as the future beyond high school was approaching. When Dave graduated, he had no idea what to do in life. How many of you knew exactly what you were going to do when you got out of high school? I, I, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do myself. So Dave attended college for a year and a half with no real vision or direction. So money was spent on college. He didn't even know what he was going to do with it. I've never seen a child do that before, a young person. Dave had no idea what God's will for his life was. So now, now at that point, we're going to hit the pause button. Follow with me because we're going to move to our next character of Christmas, Mary, the mother of our Lord. One day, God interrupts Mary's life with a powerful and revealing plan that was determined in eternity past and is now about to become a reality. Where we'll discover that when God's will is made clear in life and we obey, nothing is impossible again. We will discover that when God's will is made clear in life and we obey, nothing is impossible. These series of messages have what I call not really points, but they have observations. Here's the first observation. A divine plan is set in motion. 
In Luke's gospel, we find a powerful discussion between two people, or actually a person and an angel, amen? And I think it's outstanding that it was the same angel from a week ago, you know, that we studied that visited Zechariah. Now, you know, when God sends one of the top angels in heaven, this is serious business. Gabriel was right up there with Michael. Michael and Gabriel were right up there at the pinnacle of the angels in heaven. Uh, this, is, this is amazing. Uh, at a precise moment in time, God sends Gabriel to really what is in reality an unpopular city. Nazareth, there was nothing special about it. To a young girl, probably, and this amazed me, studying this, um, think about this with me for a minute. I mean, I've got two granddaughters in the building right now. Um, one's a teenager, and one's going to be a teenager in a couple of weeks. They're teenagers. They're young girls. Mary was somewhere between 12 and 14 years old. Wow. So, look, look, in our day and age, it's not our culture. It's not our culture. You understand what I'm saying? Are you taken back a little bit? When I think that she may have been as young as 12, I'm a little taken back, right? But how many of you know God knows what he's doing? Amen? We don't have to second-guess God, right? All right. So at this precise moment in time, God sends Gabriel to the unpopular city of Nazareth to a young girl probably around 14 years old named Mary. Mary is recognized in the word as a virgin. This detail, which Luke adds to the story, can sometimes be overlooked, but it should never be overlooked. It's important. Amen. Isaiah tells us, when the Messiah comes to earth, he will be born of a virgin. Paul tells the Galatians that God sent his son at a precise time to be born of a woman under the law in Galatians 4, verse 4. This detail about Mary being a virgin is the central topic of conversation between Mary and Gabriel. It's what she brings up. How can this be? We also learn in the, in the text that Mary's betrothed to Joseph. You've got to understand that in the Jewish custom, this means that they're legally married but have not had a marriage ceremony nor consummated the marriage. Did you know that parents put uh, young men and young women together and they were betrothed? From then on out, they were married. It was later that they would have a ceremony and they would consummate the marriage, but from the time the parents agreed on the marriage relationship, they were married. Does that make sense to you? We also learn, like I said, that in the text that Mary's betrothed to Joseph. In the Jewish custom, this means they're legally married but have not had a marriage ceremony nor consummated the marriage. The betrothal period can last up to a year. Gabriel shows up when Mary's relative Elizabeth is six months pregnant with John the Baptist, which we covered last week. Now, I want you to take a step back. As believers in Christ, we often want to know what God's plan is for our lives. How many of you would just love to have a clear picture of God's plan for your life? Watch this with me. We pray about it. We study God's Word, see if we can see it. And sometimes we're left confused and without answers. Am I being honest with you? Sometimes we don't have that clear picture. That usually means God's saying one thing, just wait. Just wait. But we're impatient. I don't think that Mary asked God 
to choose her to bring the Messiah into the world. Do you? I think she was quite surprised. Gabriel has shown up in her life at God's command, identified himself, and is about to address her in a way that is completely astounding with a plan that seems virtually impossible. When God's plan for our lives is revealed in us, we may think it's impossible. I can't do it. But when God's will is made clear in life and we obey, nothing is impossible. Can you say amen? Next observation. A divine plan is communicated and explained. In this humble town of Nazareth, Gabriel appears to Mary and says, Greeting, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, I want to tell you something. I like that introduction. I mean, if I'm ever visited by Gabriel, I just hope and pray that it's with a message like that. I think, I think that's powerful, right? Uh, oh, man. Greeting, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Uh, what a powerful introduction. This greeting is so powerful that Mary herself is said to have been greatly troubled. She's confused and perplexed at this address, and Gabriel continues by calming her fears and telling her that she has found favor with God. Listen to this carefully. I've studied it, and I've studied it, and I've studied it, and I make this statement with confidence. There's nothing in evidence in Mary's life that warrants God's favor. There, there, there's nothing that said, there's nothing the Bible points at that warrants God's favor. But if you're a child of God here today, you didn't do anything to warrant God's favor either. That's the sovereignty of God. Amen? And that's how grace works. Mary is not a perfect teenager. I can tell you that standing here, looking at you in the eye. I have more evidence about that than I do anything else. She's a teenager in this world. Mary is not a perfect human being. She's simply the recipient of God's grace. This is how salvation works. Now, you might even get upset with me today. I mean, there are a whole lot of people that have Mary up on a pretty high pedestal, and I'm telling you, she's amazing to me. She's amazing to me. Don't, don't belittle what I'm saying or, or think harshly about what I'm saying. I love the story of Mary. Of all of the teenage girls in the world, in her situation, God chooses her. I think that's powerful. By God's grace, faith is possible, and God makes a way for fallen human beings ravaged by sin to have a personal and intimate relationship with him through the child that Mary will bring into this world. Stop and ponder that for a moment. God's amazing grace. I want to return for a minute to Dave Richardson's story. Throughout high school and into college, church, especially youth ministry, was very close to Dave's heart. When he graduated from high school and upon returning from college, he spent his time serving in youth ministry. Since God's plan was unclear, Dave worked various jobs while serving high school students. Throughout his days as a student and into his days as a volunteer leader, he traveled on missions trips. Some of them were overseas and others not far from home. One mission trip would change Dave's life forever. On a van ride home. 
after working with junior high students to conduct a week-long vacation Bible school at a small rural church, God would speak into Dave's life and call him to ministry. This was a significant moment because there was a calm quietness that seemed to last for hours despite a van ride with 10 junior high students. The quietness was interrupted when Dave heard these words from the youth pastor. Out of the youth pastor's mouth, he said this out loud. He was talking to Dave, but he didn't know he was talking to Dave. You understand what I'm saying? He said, I think some of the kids' lives were changed this week. Just like that, Dave knew that the youth pastor had said that to him because God said it. It was a divine statement. Many times God shows up with his plan when we least expect it to arrive. When when God's plan arrives, it may not be with neon signs, but in calm quiet. We've got to learn to listen and hear what God is saying. God had finally given clarity to Dave concerning his plan, just as Gabriel will give clarity to Mary in God's plan to save the world, though the visits from God were by two entirely different methods. Amen? You know, it'd be so much easier if everything that God wanted me to do in life, Gabriel showed up. I mean, you wouldn't doubt that. You wouldn't question that, would you? If Gabriel showed up? You know, what did Gabriel say? What did Gabriel say last week to Zechariah? He said to Gabriel, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. That's what he said. That's my job. I stand in the presence of God, and I bring God's message. Now, why did he say that? What he's saying to Zechariah is, I stand in the presence of God, and I'm here not of my own accord. And the words that I'm giving you, they're not my words, they're God's words. They're God's message. So, that pretty much sounds like, you know, you could convince, Gabriel could convince me, could Gabriel convince you? But it isn't always like that, is it? We've got to learn to listen and hear what God is saying. God had finally given clarity to Dave's concerning his plan, just as Gabriel will give clarity to Mary and God's plan to save the world. Do you see that in reality, for that point, there's no difference between the two. Whether Gabriel gives it to you or God gives it to you in here, we've got to learn to listen. That's going to call for change in some of our lives. But if God wants to change us, he can change us. We just need to let him. Gabriel shares the details of God's plan that she will conceive and bring forth a son. Now, you know what that just struck me, struck a nerve in me. I, I don't know why. You've got a weird pastor. I'll tell you that right now. You've got a weird pastor. What I call this is, he gives specifics, uh, or, or Gabriel provides what I like to call a divine ultrasound. Do you hear what I'm saying? He gives her a divine ultrasound. He gives specifics to Mary like an ultrasound would give parents specifics concerning their child. He tells her really everything she needs to know about him. I want to read again in Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. If Mary wasn't saying down, I bet she is now. <laughs> Still uncertain about how this will come to be, she asked Gabriel how this can even be possible since she's a virgin. And what does Gabriel say? Oh, man, this is powerful. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God, in verse 35. This statement sets Jesus Christ apart from any human being ever born. He was a divine conception, not a human conception. While Jesus will be born, as every human being is born, he will live in perfection as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, there's so much packed into these verses that if we're not careful, we can allow the information to pass by unconsciously because we're so familiar with the story. The power of the description comes from Gabriel. Just great. Gabriel confirms where he stands and what he does, being sent to communicate what God wants to be known. With that understanding, what Gabriel communicates to Mary is not his own interpretation of who Jesus is, but instead a direct communication from God himself identifying his son. I want you to contemplate this powerful communication Gabriel has with a young girl chosen to carry the king. Stop once again to ponder, meditate on these powerful words describing our Savior. Next observation. A divine plan is obeyed. Luke's gospel brings the conversation Mary has with Gabriel to a close. What seems like an impossible reality in Mary's eyes is not possible or is not impossible when God is working. After Mary understands what is to be done in her role in his divine plan, she humbly identifies herself as a bondservant of the Lord. She commits her life to fulfilling his plan exactly as the Lord has called her to fulfill it. As Mary comes to this conclusion and obeys the command of God, Gabriel leaves. He ain't got to do any more convincing. That's what I love about her. Nine months from this moment, Mary will give birth to her Messiah and Savior. Listen to this about Dave. Dave finally had clarity concerning the Lord's direction for his life. The van ride home that important day took about eight hours, and for eight hours, Dave would get some guidance from his youth pastor that set him on a correct path. As the van pulled into the church parking lot, Dave went home and immediately told his closest friend concerning the Lord's calling. Later that week, Dave would set up a meeting with the department chair for the youth ministry at a local Bible college. And as the cliche states, the rest is history. Dave was humbled that God was going to use him in ministry. Now listen to this, because it's a true story. Dave was humbled that God was going to use him in ministry. This was a monumental task that only the Lord could accomplish through him. Not only was Dave humbled by this, he was also committed to obey God's call. As Dave was studying youth ministry, he was given the opportunity to serve his home church as a youth pastor. This was Dave's dream job, to serve the church he grew up in, which would also be the place where Dave would meet and marry 
his beautiful bride and partner in ministry. Listen to this. I find this to be so true so often. God's got a, he's got a penchant for this. God does this. Dave was quiet growing up. Hated to speak in public. Could not stand reading in public. Yet God would use that weakness to make his name known. Why? Because God chose a quiet little boy and he gave him his voice. Amen? God gave a quiet boy his voice. As he, he obeyed God. Everyone who knew him knew this is an introverted child. He can't preach. But God said he would, and he did. Amen? In the way of conclusion, just a few lines here. How often do we sit around waiting for God to just show up? I mean, how often do we do that? As believers, we need to consider the times God did show up, but we either failed to see it because uh, it wasn't dramatic enough, wasn't Gabriel, or we failed to obey because it appeared to us to be an impossibility. Today, he thought, I can't preach. You know, I can't speak. He's like Moses out there in the wilderness. I don't speak eloquently. Don't you think God who created Moses knew he couldn't speak eloquently? Don't you think God knew when he called Dave to the ministry that he didn't speak eloquently? God made that man of God. Amen? God's will is not always discovered in dramatic invitation, but instead through simple obedience. As we obey the Lord and live transformed lives, we'll be able to discern the will of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? So what is the will of God revealed to in our lives? It's through relationship. It's about relationship. Amen? As we've seen in Mary's story, her invitation comes from one who stands in the presence of God. I think we would all wish God would do that today sometimes. God may be showing you exactly what he wants you to do, but in your mind... You believe the task is impossible, and you continue looking. You continue waiting. Perhaps that impossible task that you sense you need to do may in fact be that dramatic invitation from the Lord to partner in his will. As we seek the Lord through prayer and through reading of his word, we need to ask God to make us sensitive to his leading in life, no matter how difficult the task may seem. We've got to contemplate the words of Gabriel to Mary. With God, nothing is impossible. Mary took the words of Gabriel and was obedient to be what God had called her to be. She was able to personally watch the impossible become possible when God's will is made clear in life and we obey. Nothing is impossible. Before we pray, I want to address something. It may be a question in your life. You know, we're, you know, Pastor, don't you know we're in a pandemic? 
Don't you know there's only 25 people or so in the building today? I know all that. So what are you doing, Pastor? Why are you talking about vision? Why are you talking about revival all the time? Why God, God hasn't left his throne. God's not afraid. God's not scared. God's on a mission. God's going to have his way. Amen? And God's still talking to individuals. God's still giving out job instructions. God's still giving calls. God's still asking people, will you believe me for the impossible? Will you do what I'm asking you to do? And let's face it, that's a kind way of saying, will you do what I'm telling you to do? I don't care how many different angles you've looked at what God's asking you to do. And how many different ways you said, well, you know, maybe this isn't God because there's no way I can do this. That is not the answer God's looking for. Amen? You know, I think we need to go against the tide. I think we literally uh, need to go against what you're hearing on the news and all those other things in the light of the fact that we just need as children of God to obey God. I keep telling you over and over and over again, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. God has not left us. He's not forsaken us. He's not forgotten us. He's still calling people. He's still equipping people, especially those that are listening. Amen? Don't use excuses. God's not the God of excuses. God's the God of obedience. Amen? Birthed out of relationship. All I'm trying to do is encourage you today, just be listening. Be listening. Let God be God. Amen? Don't get buried in the narrative. Amen? Don't, this is the only narrative we can trust. 15-pound Bible. Everybody needs to get a 15-pound Bible. It's giant print. Amen? That's what I love about it. It jumps out off the page into my life. I'm not just preaching to you today, I'm preaching to me. But everything I believe with all of my heart that God's asking me to do during this pandemic, we did not go light here in ministry in March. If anything, I'm preaching more often in a week now than I preached in my lifetime during any week, any given week. And I used to preach in one church five times a week. You know, some five times a week. Two Bible studies and three sermons. It's just, you know, you better be giving away what God gave to you. Amen. But we got a lot of live broadcasts out there. We're preaching a lot of word. Lots of people showing up and praying together. We're going to keep moving forward with God. Amen. Stand up and let me pray for you. Father, I want to. Yes. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, Lord, for the stripes on the back of your son, Jesus Christ, so that we can talk to you about healing. Father, I pray that you would strengthen, strengthen Kathy, Father, right now in Jesus' name, and heal her and minister and touch Malcolm and Sandra, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray that you would be their strength, Father. 
that your love would lift them up in Jesus' name and move through them now. Let them know they're loved and cared for, Father, and heal them, we pray in Jesus' name. Continue to protect this church, Father. We ask that you continue to fulfill your will in our lives and in this nation and that we continue to turn to you so that you hear our prayers and heal our land and kill this virus for your glory. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for touching us today and reminding us that you're still calling people. You're still giving out instructions. You still have missions and work for the children of God to do in this nation. May we never look to you and say, well, that can't be you, Father, because what you're asking me to do is just impossible. We know that nothing is impossible with you. All things are possible, Father. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for filling our lives with your presence, overflowing, we pray. Lead God and direct us, Father. Make your will known to us in Christ's name, we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise God.